I think that the creatives who are self-motivated and self-taught, like art director and creative Jordan Bradley, are going to be the game changers in creative culture. I caught up with Jordan while he was enjoying a much-needed break after his first quarter at Dad, and chatted about moving from Atlanta to Denver as well as his journey of discovery as a freelance creative. My name is Jeff Ullery, and this is Journey to Add. Overwhelming nothing, honestly. Just as a creative, you know, you think you can handle whatever creative, but, like, Dad has just been a very... I won't say intensive program, like you can't handle it, but it's very like consistent. So when you hit that first week, you're like, oh, wow, my brain can actually stop working for a little bit. You know, like I can let it catch up. And so I think I just took a week to really rest. I mean, I was still doing like outside freelance part-time work and stuff like that. But just as far as like the anxiety field, oh my God, this is going in my book thoughts. <laughs> uh, I turned those off for about a, you know, couple of days and then tried to explore a little bit. So second and third week, I just t- you know took some time to kind of see what Denver had to offer. So I went out to mountains and, you know, just hiking. I actually got to go skiing for the first time. So that was pretty epic. So, I mean, nice. I think I did the break. I did the break exactly how I was supposed to. Now I'm finally back home, you know, so it's like the great conclusion to come check in on the family and things like that. So that's awesome. It's over. I'll probably do the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I feel that. Well, that's that's a really nice transition to uh, what has become my traditional first question, which is, uh, where are you from? Yeah, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Originally born up north, so did like a little plinko down the East Coast and made it to Atlanta from New York and Virginia Beach. But being from Atlanta is a little different. I spend the most of my time here in my childhood, so this is definitely like my home and it's just, it's been great, man. Creatively. I I love to, I've seen this city grow in the post Olympic era and it's just been really just inspiring just to see how I've always seen it for this great place. You know, when you're from a place, but then you kind of see the world open up its respect to it. I think that's been great to kind of experience firsthand. I've never been to Atlanta and I I know I've talked to Shantice a little bit about it, but how would you describe Atlanta for, for me, for someone who's never been there before? I actually never thought about that as a question, but I mean, it's, it's a place, man. It's, um, it's very, very green. <laughs> so for just <laughs> outside in, it's like packed with trees. So I think what Denver has in mountains, we have in trees essentially in terms of scenery, okay. um, very, very open in terms of like, it's a lot of, it's a big city takes you longer to get across from one side to the other. A lot more traffic, a lot more good food to eat. This is like a melting pot. So you have just mm. about every part of the world has its own little pocket here. So you can, you know, pretty much find any type of restaurant. I remember it used to be like really high ranked for like restaurants in terms of like diversity and just the, the quality of them. A lot of activities to do more social side of things. Uh, there are some outdoor things, but they're not necessarily in the concentrated area of Atlanta, more in the outskirts. But yeah, if, if you're, into, if you're into like anything creative, you could find it here. So obviously film is, is booming now. So the industry of that is, it's kind of opened up to allow for creatives to, you know, have a nice outlet. Uh, so there are a lot of different like, like activities and parties and just social groups that, that, you know, pretty much for any type of person. So I think that's cool. 
like I said, for the creative, but for the professional, general professional, there's a lot to do here. I don't know if that's like a, that's very vague. I, I don't want to get into like a specific, but it's, it's just a great place, man. So you've been in Denver now for, I guess, what, like three-ish months? You moved here, right? The, the start of the program, right? Yeah, top of the year. Uh, so we're at about three-ish months, pretty fast months. Didn't expect them to go by so fast, but I'm glad they did. You know, the work helps you stay distracted a little bit. Yeah, it's been it's been it's been an adjustment. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm sure. Is there uh, is there anything kind of about your experience here that's been like really unexpected for you, or or things that you maybe didn't consider when when thinking about moving out here? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Definitely. It's like where do you start? You know, everything. Literally, everything was a 180. It's like when you're from a place and you grow up there, you can almost walk blind. Like you can just go outside and you can imagine at least 10 things that are possible to happen everywhere you go, you know, because mm-hmm. you've, you've seen them happen. You've heard them happen. So you're in, like indoctrinated. But when you leave that, you're uprooted. It's kind of uh, like everything is new again. So yeah, it's it's not like a bad, oh, I didn't expect this. It's just you just have no basis to, to expect it. You know, I've only – had a few friends live there, been there a few times prior to moving. And when you're there for a short period of time, you go with a certain mindset. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to be where I'm going to be. I'm not really looking to ex- explore and venture out outside of that. So you, you kind of have a blinder to your vacation or however, you know, you ex- you know expect to spend your time. But then when you move there, you're like caught up in, okay, I have to, talk to more people than I normally would if I was visiting and I actually have to try to make friends and try to, you know, catch up to the temperament of what people are on. If everybody's on like different time, like then it's going to be hard to, to feel like acclimated easy. So for example, like people, you know, just do different stuff than I'm used to. So I'm not like shy of a good time or new adventure, but you know, I'm just like, ah, you guys like to ski every weekend. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll try it. You know, I don't think I'll do it more than once, but you know, you, you have to figure out how you want to actually hang with people. And you know, when in Rome kind of kicks in and it's like, okay, well I'm in Rome. So got to do what everybody else does. And it's just, everything is outdoors. There's so many parks, so much outdoor activity that, you know, we don't really have back here. It's like the air quality is way better. So being outside is actually, it's good for you. It seems like right now I'm driving through like what feels like a snowstorm of pollen. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> yellow everywhere and like it's all in the windshields. So when you think about that, I actually appreciate Denver because it's like, I like being outside. I like being able to, you know, just pick up and go and it's like sun all the time. So it's not a, that's weird. Like as long as the sun's out, temperature's usually not that bad. That's another thing that threw me off. It's like, 55 degrees never felt like 10 different days, <laughs> but like, it's like, that's something that's new. But yeah, I mean, outside of that, you know, people are different, but you know, you can't hold that against people. It's literally the same thing. It's if somebody came and moved here, but wasn't from here, I wouldn't expect them to just understand how we were as a people. So, you know, that's something that I've had to learn to appreciate being uh, foreign. Does your experience in a new city here make you 
long to go back home kind of next steps, like when you eventually finish up the program here, or does it make you interested in exploring kind of elsewhere and living elsewhere in the United States? That's a good question. Uh, Something I've actually been thinking about. So for me, I'm a big, you know, you gotta, you gotta change your horizons to, to really embrace more of your potential. I'm open to coming back because I know there's a, it's a good industry here. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not a question of if I could make work happen here, you know, I could imagine coming back and picking up where I left off, but with a, a wealth of, you know, more skills and, and vision essentially. So that was always for me, my first thought. However, I know that there are other places that offer, you know, some very unique opportunities as well. So I'm at a point, a little bit of crossroads where I'm not going to say I want to limit myself, but I'm 75% would love to come back. The other 25% would have to be that deal. Like, oh, wow, we need you to come here. This is what we're offering. And it'd have to be a how can I not, you know, situation for me to want to go somewhere else. I gotcha. That's, that's fair enough. You talked about Atlanta being very much a, a place with a lot of kind of creativity kind of flowing in and out of the city. Did that fuel your, your interests as you were growing up or, or what were you interested in? What hobbies did you have as a kid? As a kid, I was, I'd say I was uncreative. I mean, not necessarily like uncreative, but it was just the, it's like I, I hit a 180 in college where I didn't realize I was creative until I got there. But Mm. When I was a kid, it was like sports and there wasn't entertainment aspirations because we didn't even have that. It was just always in the back of my mind that I like to do random things that I couldn't talk about with my other friends. So I never did, you know, like I just remember watching commercials with such an intensity that I just never thought I would. It was like, I actually like to see how they're going to sell me this product. And in my mind, Mm. I didn't know what I was doing, but I used to love TV and it wasn't just for the shows I was watching. It'd be like two, you know, it'd be split. It'd be like, all right, my shows are on. I love these shows, you know, sitcoms are my thing. So I always wanted to like write a sitcom. But then in between that, I was like the commercial. Let's see who's got the best spot to, you know, grab my attention. Cause they're all, I, I kind of realized there were differences in, you know, the styles, like you got your insurance commercials, you got your like, you know, your Nike ads that are like, above and beyond, but you don't see those throughout daytime TV, you know? So I started Mm -hmm. to kind of pick up those things naturally. And I didn't realize I was interested until it was time to make, you know, decision for a degree. And I was like, well, shoot. I mean, I need a career. I don't know. I just want to, I'm just here. So I don't get fine. You know, like just have a good time. (laughs) I waited up until like, they was like, look, you can't take any more classes until you decide. So it's sophomore year. And I said, all right, market, you guys, I'm sure I'll make a commercial or learn how to do that. Right. No. You don't do that. <laughs> so I did marketing, you know, thinking I would get into advertising mm-hmm. went to one course. And I was like, yo, this isn't, this isn't fulfilling me. I'm still, I still have some large creative, like curiosity that I have to explore. So upon graduating, that's when I kind of made a shift. Literally that's when I guess you could say life changed a little bit. Of course I grew up playing sports, but I did a like outlier few creative activities like yearbook doing designs and layouts for that and just kind of realizing that that was my first creative direction outlet in a sense in collaboration with like the other editors and stuff like that 
then you get to college and you're like on, you know, in organizations and you're trying to think of programming or, you know, a way to get people to come to your program. So it's, it's a hint at marketing, but it's more like for me, advertising PR. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, upon my last year, I did a, we had called it campus movie fest and I never really used a camera before, uh, outside of like a few here and there videos, but it's basically a weekend competition where you have to make a movie with a different group of people. They give you a topic and you, you guys all just write the script in three days, shoot it, edit it. But Jeff, when I tell you, man, I never been so alive. Like literally, <laughs> I don't think I literally stayed up that long in my life. Like it was 48 hours where I'm just at my laptop zombie, you know, mode trying to figure out how to edit this to get close enough to like, Tarantino style, but on the most DIY, like you couldn't even think of what to look up. You're like, okay, I needed to do this, but ah, I don't know how. So yeah, that, that's when I realized there was something, there's a lot more to explore essentially. And I said, well, you know, life is short. It doesn't really give you a, a direct guide, but if you feel interested in something, that's gotta be enough, you know, because there's so many people that seem to be, you know, making the money or doing like whatever they want, but they aren't, you know, seeming interested. And I was like, I just want to seem interested enough in my career that I can at least try it, you know, with full vigor and not just, you know, go days and in an office somewhere. So since uh, graduating, I've been doing camera work and creative ads and promos. So essentially from that, Campus Movie Fest, uh, I realized it wasn't going to be Tarantino in a year or two. So <laughs> I said, what I could do is at least make promotional videos for people like small businesses and just kind of figure out a way to get this marketing dream going on my own. So in a roundabout way, I just started making branding videos and photography, you know, packages for small businesses. And that's kind of what led me to get to dad. I don't know if that was a segue or not, but essentially that's the life story that got me to be interested in creativity and then furthermore want to go to a portfolio school to to really polish up everything that I've been interested in. Well, I'd love to kind of explore that more before we, uh, before we get to talking about, about dad. So what was it like kind of in the early days in terms of like you decided you wanted to do more creative stuff, you're going to start like creating these, brand videos or earth content for these small businesses. What did that look like? Like how, how did you start? I just started, man, to, to not, you know, be facetious. I just, um, <laughs> I just started. It was a simple word of mouth thing to begin with in terms of knowing how to find a client. So we, you know, we just have, we had a really nice network at uh, the school I went to Georgia state mm-hmm. of people who, were enterprising. So we had a lot of people that were graduating and starting their own business. So I figured if I could kind of just present them with some value in terms of, Hey, you're, you're launching this, you know, people kind of need to see it, but they need to see it in this way. They need to know your story. They need to kind of know the why behind what you're doing and and that you're not trying to sell them, but you're just showing, you know, who you are as as a company or what your vision is at least. A lot of it was just talking myself into things and just trying to, you know, do the work to back it up. And that's how I grew essentially. So I never, I didn't know what I was doing. I just was 
I knew I had the intention and I had the vision behind it. I just had to figure out how to get the skill to match. A lot of the beginning was just meeting people word of mouth or, you know, through from a recommendation or referral. And it was just doing short, short videos here and there. So, you know, some recap stuff for an event that a company might host or like a, a brand, if they do a pop-up shop or if they do like a activation or something, I would show up and create a recap video, but make it in, in, a, in a cinematic way to, like I said, tell their story, show their audience what they were from a, an audience perspective, you know? So I looked at it as how would I want to know about this company? And I would try to create a video around, you know, that something that doesn't sell me on what they do, but, you know, tells me and shows me a bit of who they are. And for, you know, for the time it was, you know, just for Instagram, Twitter. So uh, they weren't long videos at the time. It might've been started off with just 15 seconds and then Instagram expanded to a minute and then, you know, more than that now. So I uh, was able to just grow into my mind. So when you have a, I think a shorter amount of time to work with it again, took me back to those commercial spots that quick hitters, like you got a jingle and, you know, quick blurb and then the commercial's over, but you understood exactly what they were talking about. So that's where I, I kind of tried to meld the two, like I said, loves or interests where I knew I liked commercials, but I also wanted to make these promo videos not seem like a commercial because that's, you know, it's hard to do on Instagram and just growing and learning as I went, you know, as I grew. So as the projects got more difficult, that's where the skills are challenged and increased. What sorts of things did you discover about yourself as a creative kind of as you were going through those, those projects and processes on your own? I discovered that I love being creative. I discovered that it's, I feel inside of everyone. So I would meet a lot of people, for example, you have a, uh, say someone who just starts a brand and they're nervous about, you know, being in front of the camera. So for me, that was my chance to explore how to connect them to, you know, their camera side. And, and that turned me into a little bit of a director, uh, obviously director, but like, you know, someone that has to learn how to communicate. No, you are a star. You can do this. You know, don't think about it. Just be natural, have fun. Just talk to me. And like, you find a bit of a humanitarian side of things where you're like, everybody can be nervous, no matter how big they seem. Everyone has that, that moment of, oh, shoot, I'm about to step in front of a camera. I don't know if I can be myself. But then when they get off camera, they're the most lively person. So that was something for me that was interesting because it was a question that I had. I was like, could I ever be a director? Could I ever, you know, uh, communicate to an entire set of people, you know, or is it just a one-off interview style, you know, kind of vibe? But as you grow, you develop that and you, you go from doing one-off interviews to adding, you know, extras and, and adding some background to whatever you're shooting or, you know, uh, having to go from being running gun, guerrilla style, capturing just an event to setting up a treatment and, you know, doing a storyboard. So as I grew with like my projects, I realized my interest in the full capacity of producing things and adding a certain quality to them grew as well. So the demands kind of changed. And like I said, it's, it, for me, it was just a chance to explore any type of thing. So I was shooting like I said, recap videos, promotional videos for brands of like that are do retail or really any type of brand, music videos, weddings, 
some short films, just anything visual I uh, was pretty much doing. And when you do that, you kind of expand how you think about the things that you watch and the things that you enjoy. And you're comparing, you know, what works and what doesn't and trying to find blends and hybrids between the two. I think it's been an interesting journey because I've just been able to enjoy enjoying things. You know, it's like you, you know what you like naturally because you're attracted to it. But when you're trying to connect with different audiences, you have to expand that in itself. And when you do it, you know, for a new client, you have to do it at a fast pace. Can't, you know, take a whole year to learn how to appreciate a certain style. You usually have a matter of weeks. So you have to break down what works in that, you know, regard, you know, why is the, why do these styles work? And I think that's made me appreciate the whole scope of creativity from, you know, a worldview uh, because I get to enjoy or find ways to enjoy things that, you know, people across the world, you know, would enjoy as well. Jordan brings an artist's eye and mentality to every project he undertakes, and I really admire him for taking matters into his own hand and harnessing his creativity to produce amazing work. We're going to take a break before we hear more from Jordan Bradley. At one time or another, we all dream of conquering the great outdoors. But when you step into the wild, you become insignificant. You're just another part of an ecosystem, a balance far greater than you. You're either the hunter or the hunted. What if an electric car could tip that balance to help you surpass every obstacle and become the permanent hunter, always on the prowl? Well, this is not that car. Introducing the brand new Electric Hunted by JBT. We're back with Jordan, where he shares his inspiration from Spike Lee and how he has influenced his own artistic and soulful style as well as a love of film. Jordan also shares some wisdom about creating art from his own experiences working on his own for several years and takes us through his decision to attend a formal program. You've thrown Tarantino's name out a couple times. Uh, is is he a, a creative influence for you? And and if so, or if not, then like what what other kind of influences have there been on you and and what you kind of feel your style is or what you like? Tarantino is a top five director for me. Number one is Spike Lee. I don't mm. know what happened. I was a kid. Summer night or summer day rather, uh, I was just bored. <laughs> TV was, it run its course. It's like, I've seen everything. I know all these commercials by heart. I need to find something new to watch. And I saw our VHS collection, blue case for this movie called Do the Right Thing. And I just said, all right, let's, let's check it out. Maybe dad used to like watch it or something. I don't know. And I never had been so, like, I don't know how old I was, but I wasn't old enough to be like, you know, old. I was still like a little kid mindset. Uh, when I watched that movie, my entire like scope of life changed. It just like I felt like I woke up. You know, I was like, "What? What was that? You know, why? Why was that movie so good? You know, why was it so different though? Because his style wasn't the typical, you know, Hollywood style. It was very kind of rough on the edges, but it, it just felt very raw and real. 
Uh, so I watched that movie and became a lifelong Spike Lee fan. So from that day, I was just consuming everything I could Spike Lee. And that's when I actually ran into the Nike ads he did with, you know, Michael Jordan and the character Mars Blackman. Yeah. And I think that was my biggest inspiration because here's this guy who at the time was just making movies. I didn't know he came to Atlanta to, you know, to study. I just felt really impressed because I was born in New York as well, you know, and then he came to school here. So I was like, wow, I was a New Yorker in Atlanta, you know, making these films or, you know, studying to make films. His perspective's unique and he's cool. And, he, and he's <laughs> the guy. He's, he's the only guy that's, you know, standing on top of Michael Jordan's head, you know, <laughs> advertising his shoes. Like that, you know, that's not just an average person. There's Michael Jordan and then there's Spike Lee outside of the designers themselves. When you think of, you know, Eric Jordan. And I was like, for him to not even play sports, you know, there's got to be a level of respect that he earned to get here. So that's something that inspired me because it just, it didn't, it wasn't a one plus one equals two kind of thing. It was like, a, obviously he just creative and he, he made that opportunity work for himself, but for it to kind of blow up and become such an iconic cultural thing, that's what I was most impressed by. It's like the cross, the cross, you know, hybrid kind of vibe of, you know, taking your creativity to the next level and not letting it just limit you. Like most directors were like Tarantino, where they only did film, they only talk about film, but mm-hmm. for Spike, you know, you see him at <laughs> Knicks games, you know, courtside showing his ass. And it's, it's, it's just become a spectacle in itself. And I've always been impressed with being able to merge your personality and who you are with your work in all forms of art. So that became my biggest inspiration creatively. So I've, literally been battling, you know, do I need to be a director to be like Spike or can I just do this my way? It's, it's funny. He's inspired a lot of what I've done, even to the point of, you know, merchandise. So he had his own, obviously has his own production company, but they do, you know, they've always done merchandise. As I read, you know, at the time it was to kind of raise money for films, but now that it's grown to be a worldwide phenomenon, you know, it's still pretty cool to grab some Spike Lee merch and, uh, it's kind of something that I've I've appreciated as a creative. I know a lot of creatives have merch, but I don't know if they realize that that was a, a pioneer to, you know, having art, but also bringing it in, into like a fashion kind of sense. So um, that'd be the number one for sure. Top dog inspiration. I didn't realize for sure that kind of his influence in terms of kind of merch being like a prevalent, like kind of creative thing. So that's, that's really cool. I did check out your website a little bit because uh, I wanted to see kind of some of your your stuff on there. And I think kind of with what we've been talking about, some of it kind of makes more sense kind of contextually for kind of like what, what sort of like style and influence that you have. Because I think a lot of your basically all like the stuff that I saw in terms of, I watched like your reel and a couple of your short films. And then I also looked through some of your still images on there. And I feel like everything like feels like very human and like, it's, it's definitely telling a story, but I would also say that a lot of it feels very soulful and, Mm. and emotional to me. And I think even just kind of the way you laid stuff out and kind of the, 
the writing that you had to describe it, it comes across as, as very poetic. So am, am I onto something there? Like, is that kind of like yeah. what you're going for? Like, how would you kind of describe kind of your aesthetic and, and what you kind of aspire to the stories you aspire to tell? You, I think you hit it on the, on the, on the head there, the nail on the head. It's in, essentially in the beginning days of my creativity and expression and actually showing my work. So there's, there's that <laughs> there is a period of time where you think you're creative and you try something and you realize you are creative and then you sit on it and you show your friends and family and they're like, yeah, it's cool. And then they only can say it's cool. They don't give you any further critique is when you realize maybe I should show the world. But at that point, you don't really know your style. You don't know who, you know, what you're trying to do. You just know what you have. So, what I had was, you know, I used to do a lot of like, at the time when I started, just spoken word poetry. I don't know where or why, but I just had a lot of words in my head. And I just started to kind of try to find an artsy way to to put them together. So that's where the poetry and poetic kind of style came from, because that's the only thing I felt would match my work. When I was looking at other people's, you know, sites, it was either no words, no descriptions, or it was very you know, commercial. And I never wanted to feel commercial because I, like I said, I was inspired by Spike Lee and his whole style was very jazzy, soulful, you know, poetic in terms of the narrations or the times, you know, he break the fourth wall. And I always, I always liked that. Uh, that felt like that was off the cuff, you know, and it, it, it allows you to be, like you said, a little more human. You can, you know, hit on things that aren't the typical, you know, mainstream kind of style of, Hey, this is the picture that we use when we take headshots. You know, it's like I didn't want to just do that. Every every project, I wanted to use it as a chance to to kind of try try something new. So not really have any of the same work, uh, even if it's like a headshot. I would try to do something, you know, different. So to kind of complement that, I realized I was using poetry to just amplify the overall vibe and just to make it feel as soulful as it felt, you know, when we captured it or when we created the, you know, the images or videos in terms of aesthetic, I just, I've always been inspired by showcasing stories. And when you do that, I felt you have to be honest and, and allow the story to be what it is and not sugarcoat it. So every, you know, video I've shot, I've tried to find a way to connect the human aspect of, you know, each person, the human aspect of, subjects and just just make them feel connectable and relatable but in an art in an artistic way i think that's one thing i want to continue to try to do although my style may change i may not be as poetic now that i've not done it for a while or you know the wording may kind of become more more or less descriptive and just allow the work to showcase but definitely was inspired just by trying to you know like i said i spiked trying to connect to the soul of everybody because that's something that you can do at any skill level. So I won't say it's cheating, but for me, I noticed that if I could make something that was soulful, even if it wasn't the most high produced piece of content, people would seek, you know, or see value in it because they'd be able to connect to it. And from there, you know, you're going to get better. Your skills are going to increase, but it's hard to, to double back on connecting with people if you, if you never, you know, did that before. Well, so you've, you've kind of been on your creative journey for a while now and 
you've been, you've been out there, you've been making stuff and, and telling stories. What was kind of your thought process of wanting to now come to an ad school and, and what's it like being in a, in a formal program as opposed to kind of doing things on your own? To be honest, it's, it's interesting. So to that point, I think coming here allows me to not just do things on my own. Everything I'd done before that, granted, I did acquire teams for certain projects, you know, certain things I was able, fortunately enough to have a team to work with, but the majority of the work I did was just all me. And that was a bit of, a bit out of fear, a bit out of inexperience and a bit out of lack of understanding of how this creative game really worked. So I was just freelancing, you know, you get a job, you talk yourself into it and you know, some of it is stuff you want to do. Some of it is stuff you like, some of it is not. But my decision to come here was so that I could polish the, the full thought, honestly. Um, I know there were just too many times where I would run into a project that I saw bigger in my mind, but in my skill level and in process did not have experience to make it feel how I saw it, if that makes sense. So big visions, you know, I've always had big vision for everything. Uh, but when you're doing things on your own, you, you kind of narrow to your own capacity. And that capacity is, is set by the things you've already done, not the things you think you can do. So when it started, when it came down to charging people for stuff, I was like, I can't just go out here and just throw something off the wall and expect them to be okay with it. I wanted a place or a chance to kind of hone in on the skills that I've already developed because I have a style, I have a, a unique eye for things, but the overall point is that you want the world to appreciate it, you know, or to be able to kind of connect with it. So I was hoping to be able to flush out some of the stuff that just is not for me, you know, in terms of project, like I was tired of taking certain projects because I didn't find that I was able to add any extra creativity to them. They started to feel a little mundane. So I figured if I could go to a program that's specifically focused around advertising, I would not only learn how to expand my process and think more, you know, like I said, top to bottom, more polished, flush out some of the kinks and, and not just be, you know, making campaigns for social media, but for actual like connection and, and, and like brand enhancement. But on top of that, I would also gain the, the other skills that I just, you only do when you get to a project like that, if that makes sense. So if you're freelancing, you, you know, you take on whatever gig you, you kind of come across, but it doesn't always expand your, your palate. Sometimes it's just the same old, same old. You're limited uh, by what the client is asking for. Exactly. Yeah. So being curious about like illustrator, I never had to touch it. I just always, you know, was able to kind of cheat and create things in Photoshop. However, I didn't always like them. I just was like, all right, I just need to get it done. So to get out of the just get it done mindset and to kind of be able to learn just again, you know, I'm, I'm big on learning stuff, but You're you can't learn the craft of it. Yeah. You can't learn what you don't know is out there. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be able to just hear from professionals and people that have just been in the game long enough to either if they know what I've done specifically, or if, you know, they know people that have done it could just speak to it in terms of that. I've done it literally just that experience instead of people that are kind of my peers who are all just figuring it out as we go. Just meet people a little further along that can just either steer you into it or just give you an, enough of a story that helps you 
will make your next decision in terms of where you want to go with your, you know, creativity uh, a little easier. So that's what I hope to grab from school. And so far I can say I've met at least my classmates, creatives from all different styles and different backgrounds. And then for the instructors and, you know, or Heather and Jesse, just having conversations with them and their journeys, knowing that they've come from an expansive just amount of places and experiences. I love that enough to, you know, commit a year to learning from it. So I'd say that's pretty much why, you know, I've made the decision to go to a school versus continue to just kind of wing it, if you will. Well, I know the the school is all the better for uh, for having you here. And uh, I think it's great having that variety of 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 voices and, and people from different creative backgrounds and everything as part of it. And it, it all enriches the experience here so that it's not just uh, kind of the same rinse, dry, repeat uh, thing of like a of a traditional university or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I picked up from talking. I didn't want to go to, you know, university. Like you said, it's rinse and dry. It's, it's pretty much everyone gets the same experience. I was hoping to find something that allowed people to tap into themselves and their their style and vision um, and just enhance that because that's what I felt I needed. I didn't need something that was going to try to make me what's already out here because I'm like, that's, that's not why I started. I wanted to find a way to make my vision work for the world and not just for my world. So um, I think that was why I wanted to, you know, go to an intensive program where I could just focus on what works for me and figure out why it doesn't, if it doesn't, you know, because there's a lot of experiences that I've had creatively that, you know, through my own personal journey have helped me to see like creativity differently, just the ways Mm -hmm. of, you know, how things are made. Like, uh, I know I spent some time on a TV show for a little bit as like a background uh, actor. So it was like a literal unexpected, you know, oh, wow, we're SAG says we can, we're eligible. Like, oh, wow. It wasn't something that crossed my mind or being able to kind of direct like a scene in the show. Like that, you know, was something that you don't expect to do. But when you're open to being creative, you, you feel comfortable just trying uh because it's not about you know mastery a lot of the time it's just about the experience you know and just being able to say you did and you tried so for me it's just at this point in my journey i definitely want to continue with the film side of things uh so i don't know if we could just speak on i guess i can speak on hopes in terms of creativity and i actually want to hear from you as well um yeah well let's what what are your hopes for your creativity Oh man. Um, well let's, let's talk about you first and then. We can <laughs> okay. Get to I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that, that, that's a question that's open-ended, but yeah. So, I mean, at least for myself, I definitely know I love film. Uh, I've been away from it for three months and I'm, I'm, I miss it. You know, yeah. photography, a lot of, like a lot of people that know me think of me as a photographer first, but that's just because photography is a lot easier to pick up and do. So I have a lot of photography work that for me was just a practice on visuals and angles and lighting and concept. And, you know, can I, can I achieve a great image from this idea concept? But, you know, when it comes to film, that's more of the motion and story and it just held, it holds a different je ne sais quoi, honestly, that I'm trying to figure out my, my voice for, 
because uh, I feel like the medium it has so much more range than what my photography allows. Photography to me is a skill that I have, but film is a, a dream that I want to find a way to um, actualize. And, and in what capacity, I'm not sure. I know it's either going to be commercial work or like a sitcom or a series, maybe a movie, but it's, it's right, right now, I'm just exploring, learning how to make productions work from this small scale, you don't have a big budget kind of a way. Cause I think that's where we are. Like everything feels so DIY that for me, that doesn't strike me as a bad thing. That just means you have to come with it. You just have to have a, a most you know compelling story or a vision for people to actually, you know, want to tune in. Uh, so yeah, in short, definitely want to work with film somehow. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can do that at dad some, you know, somewhere down the line, maybe make commercials for campaigns or something, or even just start doing, you know, shoots. You know, I don't know if you guys got into that. I've seen you guys, you know, work and heard about it, but uh, I didn't know if you had to create your own photography or if you're able to just use stock stuff. Or- there's, there's been a little bit of people kind of creating some of their own stuff or, or doing some shoots. I think, I think that's definitely an area that could be kind of pushed more and I'd be excited to, to see that. And I know too, like I've had conversations with people is like, all right, could we just, could we shoot this TikTok video? Like, could we make this? And then like, it would be our, like that would be on our site as opposed to trying to find like something that's already out there as part of it. So I feel like that, there's definitely opportunity there. Yeah. And I'd be excited to kind of see what, what you could come up with and what could push, push other people to do. Cause I think that's, that's kind of an untapped area right now at this mm-hmm. point. Do you kind of have like an, an end goal in mind for creativity? Like, do you want to get to that point where you're like making like entertainment stuff, whether it's like sitcoms or movies or is, so like, is, is advertising just kind of a, a step along the way? Like kind of, how do you feel about that? So it's that point. I just kind of want to bring back the Spike Lee, you know, aspect of things. So yeah, I don't want to, it's kind of hard for me. I'm, I'm such a creative that I think of every step as it can, like a painting stroke, you know, to your, to your canvas of creativity, if you will. But I don't want to say this stroke has to come before this stroke, you know, because I'm just trying to create a masterpiece of creativity. So I'm not sure as of right now, what's what. So right now it's kind of about stability. So like I said, I was I'm doing a lot of stuff freelance and, you know, you get a lot of opportunities, but to create a, a, a track of stability in terms of having a career, a set job, I wanted to find the next best place for myself. And I always, been told, you know, you need to go to an agency, you're you're creative, you have these ideas that, you know, are really great for the scope and scale that I'm at. They're just not being received as well as they could. So my mind is like, go to an agency, get, you know, get a job. (laughs) Yeah, of course, that's why I went to school, but finally get a job. That way, you don't have to worry about that stuff. And then you can see what comes from your creativity after completing that side of life, you know? So I'm hoping that through this current track, this first, this next, this current stroke is about finding a way to lock in an agency job because that's what I've always enjoyed. That's what I know I'm happy with. That's a a job that I wouldn't see as a job. That's something that I do, you know, in my sleep and for fun. So that would be great to go ahead and get that stability track taken care of. And on top of that, 
still have the chance to do freelance work, but then say no to a lot more things and yes to more of the things I feel will make impact. And then from there, you just continue to see how that allows for me to then make films or to then, you know, have conversations about creating other things because it's now not about the return. It's about solely the impact. Because that's something that I'm big on is like, I don't want to just work on any brand or any, you know, project. I try to make them something that adds to humanity opposed to take away from. And I got, I'm glad we, I had a class with Richard. He was big on that when we left his class. He was like, don't just be out here, <laughs> you know, taking advantage of people and just doing stuff just because you can. Like, try to make the world better for your creativity. So once he said that, I was like, yep, that's exactly what I've been trying to do is make the world a little bit better through my creativity. So it's a matter of get a job that you can enjoy. And then from there, the fruits of that could be new ideas or new concepts that now that you're able to pay for them <laughs> or pay people to be a part of them, you know, right. could go a lot smoother. And that's where like the short films or whatever could come about. So I don't really have a finite has to go this way kind of vision. I'm very open-ended in that regard to, mm-hmm. you know, what the world brings. Cause it could be a matter of if I want it to be this and it's presented in an out of order way, I don't want to, you know, resist my chance to, you know, step into my, my calling or my potential. Right. And I think that's, that's really amazing too, because kind of everything you're describing and, and very much with that influence from Spike Lee, you're not a one dimensional creative by any means. Right. Like you're, you're trying to do a lot of different things, kind of, you know, attack a lot of different problems, tell different stories. And, and I think that's, that's very much kind of the creativity that I think one, the world needs, but I think that's also really important for advertising because I think some people as they're working in advertising or talking about ads, think that's kind of the end all be all. But Mm -hmm. in reality, like there's, there's a larger kind of purpose of just kind of telling these stories and, and putting things out there. So yeah, Yeah, I think, I I think that's really incredible. Well, yeah, I just want to add just the other part of that is, you know, Spike started off making movies, but then ended up being able to make commercials. So that's why I say yeah. you can't really, you know, set your limit because you don't know what will come out of, you know, being open to something. Like now he's doing, you know, Capital One uh, commercials every year for March Madness. And I was just, I didn't know that at the time, but it was just like, oh, wow. He's, you know, I mean, obviously he did the Nike spots in the beginning and those are great but to still be in that regard of i make movies and commercials that's a, an opportunity that i would love to have essentially i think i'm i think i'm in a similar boat to you there i'd love to be able to kind of dabble in a variety of things after answering all of my hard-hitting questions jordan turns the tables on me to learn about my creative journey and also to discuss some potential warning signs that you might be a creative in this edition of Ask the Host. So what are those things, Jeff? Let's uh, <laughs> switch here. <laughs> All right. Let's hear what other things did you gain from being in St. Louis? And like, well, would you say you gained anything creative from there? Or was it Cincinnati that kind of gave you your, your spark? I think when I was growing up as a kid, my parents had always instilled an appreciation for creativity and that came through 
with having the opportunity to like, we, we went to the symphony when I was growing up, we went to, there's a, an outdoor theater in the summer that has free seats, uh, available for, for every performance. And we would go and see like Broadway shows there. Mm -hmm. And they always encouraged me to, to read and, and kind of through all of that, I think creativity was always just something that was kind of part of my life and I was exposed to it. And, and even like I lived a block away from a blockbuster video and I swear it was probably one of the last ones cause it was there until about like five or six years ago. And wow. like we would go and like rent movies like a couple times a week and, and sometimes like it would just be like, you know, the, the goofy, like silly, like kids things, like the family movies you'd watch. I watched a lot of Disney growing up, but then, mm-hmm. my mom, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but then too, like my mom shared a lot of like old films with me. Like I watched a, a lot of Alfred Hitchcock and I watched a number of kind of like Humphrey Bogart, like noir films and kind of all sorts of things and even even old comedies and and I loved like watching different like sitcoms and everything so that was always kind of a part of my life growing up and then when in fourth grade you had the opportunity to sign up to be a part of the uh the school band like it was it was never a question that I was going to sign up for it because my dad played trumpet and my mom had played when she was in school. And so I started playing music from fourth grade and I continued all throughout college. And, and even though I do have my trumpet in my apartment, but I haven't gotten it out in a few months, but Mm. so like music was always like a big part of my life. And then for me, it was very much a realization that came after college that I needed to tap into my creativity more and that that's where my career should be. Because when I got to school, I double majored in economics and in English. And I always figured that economics was going to be the thing that got me a job. And then English was going to be kind of the passion thing. And from there, like I would get my creative, like I would scratch my creative itch, like in the evenings when I'd get home from a job. I went from being in college where, you know, I was taking English classes where I was writing a lot and I was studying literature and I had friends who were very interested in movies and I was performing in like the symphonic winds and the jazz ensemble and the pep band for music. And so I was kind of doing all these creative things. And then my day was suddenly taken up by uh, doing insurance for eight hours a day. And it was not nearly as fun or interesting. (laughs) And so creativity became a lot more important to me and became a lot more kind of something I had to be intentional with when it wasn't automatically built into my schedule, the way it had been from school and having those outlets. And so it involved me going to coffee shops on weekends and I would spend a few hours doing writing or I would create silly videos with friends of mine from my ultimate Frisbee team. And I would find more joy and fulfillment from spending time doing that than I would from 
basically anything I was doing in my job. So <laughs> insurance, right? <laughs> yeah. Insurance. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not that interesting. Granted, it's kind of funny because the, uh, the ads themselves are, you know, very fun and creative, but the, uh, yeah, <laughs> the that's, world that's, of insurance is not. Yeah. That's something that I don't segue, but I always thought that it was interesting because of the ads. That's another commercial style that I always realized was, was unique. It was like Geico and progressive. They were always really cool. But, uh, when I would talk to people that worked in insurance, when I finally got older, they were like, yes, yeah, this shit is boring. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, yeah, you know, it's insurance. Do you think like poetry and, and just writing in itself is like a, like a starter kind of pissed like kit for like being creative. Like yeah, that's something that I guess we both share. I, I mm-hmm. realized I was doing like poetry up until couple years ago just for the sake of doing it do you think that it's like a a preliminary thing that you 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 know you feel you can write then you must be creative you know or like have more creativity that you want to explore yeah i i think i think there's a lot of things that people can do that are more creative than they realize and so i think writing and poetry like for sure is something because there's there's some sort of story that you're trying to say, right. Or some sort of message you're trying to get across, but then there's also that added element of like, but I want to say it this certain way or exactly. Yeah. So there's definitely, there's definitely like creativity that comes from. So, you know, it's, we'll say maybe it's one of those early, uh, early warning signs that you might be a creative. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's what I was trying to say is like, if you like poetry, you might be creative, yeah. <laughs> you know, like if you like words and captions and yeah, it's just, it's like its own formulaic kind of puzzle. Like, cause like you said, you could say a story in a linear, you know, this happened, this happened, this happened kind of way. But to add those other elements, I find that to be like, I guess that's why I used to love it. It's like a, a puzzle that you create, you know, without a box to show you what the end goal will be. Mm-hmm. And hopefully other people can see it for what you created. But in most times I find they, they always see it in a different way, you know, because it's a subjective, you know, medium, but that's just interesting. So are you saying that you did all this writing and poetry and just in your off time and you realize you didn't like this type of work and then that drove you to, well, like what happened next? Like how did, what happened from the realization of I like poetry and I hate this job? Yeah. So so liking poetry and also like I, I was writing all sorts of things. Like I was writing like, like almost like SNL sketches or like parody commercials. I was working on a, a long form novel for a while. And then since I've come here, I've put it down, but essentially I, I sat on it for a while. Cause I was like, all right, I know I want to do something creative, but I don't know how to do that. Eventually I was trying to see if there was a way that I could do more creative work or marketing related work at my company. And I spoke to someone who is in charge of the in-house creative team there. And he suggested, if you're interested in this and doing the creative stuff, you got to leave and you got to go like work at an agency or you got to go to, to an ad school. And he said he had gone to Miami ad school. So then it was a matter of me kind of looking and seeing what was out there. And, and I was fortunate because right around the time I had this conversation was right when Denver ad school was starting up and having their first class of students. And so uh, honestly, I, 
there, there's some, there's some higher power that kind of made this all kind of work out in the timeline that it did. But I, I made the decision to leave my, my career or my career path because I I didn't like it and Mm -hmm. pursue something that I thought I would be happier doing. And also I think ultimately I'm, I'm better suited to doing it than, than working in insurance. Um, Yeah. So that's kind of the long and the short of the, how, how I got here. Wow. That's similar for me. We didn't touch on it, but um, essentially I got, pinged <laughs> my higher power you know my guys was like yeah yeah this is gonna this is your thing like once I found out about Denver ad school it, sh- it was literally like I think right around May June right before last summer took a turn and I was just talking with Heather and, or Shantice had introduced me she was like yeah I'm, I was like wait why are you out there again she's like I'm doing she was like always showing me new creative stuff and I didn't know her for that so mm. that was why I was so pressed I was like Shantice you are you creative? What, what's going on? <laughs> what, what are these posts? And she's like, Oh yeah, I'm in, I'm at an ad school. I was like, wait, what? Cause that we, you know, just remember her moving to Denver, but uh, she's like, yeah, I'm doing this program. Da, 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 da. And it just, it literally just kept building into itself. It was like a snowball from a snowflake. And she said, I can introduce you to, you know, or put you in communication with Heather. So I didn't, I was just talking to her as a creative looking for, connection with more creatives. I was like, I could send, I could put together my portfolio of work that I've done and just have her graded. That's essentially what I hope to get from her when I first started talking. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, the summer took a turn and just the tensions were crazy high. You know, everybody just kind of went into their, you know, their mode of just picking sides and figuring out what, like how to put, like it was, I can't even describe it, but I know we just stopped talking. And then when we started talking again, maybe two months later, you know, she told me like, Hey, you know, I uh, wanted to pick back up the conversation. We'd love to, you know, try to add you as a, we want, we want more people to try to, you know, come to this school. Um, would you be interested in, you know, would you like to apply at that point? You know, COVID was also a thing, the biggest mm-hmm. thing outside of the racial stuff. And I was just like, sure. Like if I'm going to be in the house and you guys are virtual, like I got to sit in on a couple classes it's like, why not? You know, I could do this from, from anywhere, but, you know, fast forward, you know, I end up just thinking about it as a chance to, well, like we, what we talked about earlier, just expand my, my palette. But the way in wasn't just like, you know, I've got to find an ad school. Let me go on Google. Like it was such a roundabout, you know, happenstance kind of way that I just find that to be interesting. But I mean, for you, do you feel like it's been, a great decision because you're a year in, you're a year ahead of where I am. So far, I feel yeah. good about it, but you feel like, I mean, you seem to be fulfilled. Like you don't seem to have the, I work in insurance <laughs> cloud over your head. Um, yeah. It's, you know, I'm very excited about kind of what, what lies ahead, even though I don't know what that is at this point, I think. Right. Right. I think I, I haven't had regrets in, in coming out here and, and being a part of this program. I think being in a place with a culture of creativity where you can kind of do whatever has been really beneficial and really exciting for me. And I think even like, I remember within the first month or so of me meeting Jesse and Heather, I was like, Hey, what if we did a podcast about like the students of Denver ad school? And Mm -hmm. 
like I had, I'd never done a podcast before. It was very much for me, like going to be innovative and try something new. And like there, there definitely wasn't a need for it. Like no one needs to have a podcast about these people where they're like, yeah, heck yeah. Like we'll help produce it. Like, tell us what your idea is. Let's kind of hone in on a concept and then go from there. So it's, it's been great. I don't, I don't have any regrets. And I think I was also very fortunate too, that Denver was a place that interested me to come and live because I do kind of love, love the outdoors. I'm not, you know, Colorado crazy in terms of like wanting to go hiking or skiing all the time, but (laughs) I like hiking and I like nice weather. And I also like good beer and, you know, hanging out a lot of the things that that Denver has to offer. So it's definitely been, uh, been worth the the trip and worth the, uh, the move in life. I think from the things you shared, like, so I guess to kind of, I guess go back on how I see things. Life is not linear, you know, especially when you're creative, you could be on one track and then opportunity comes that, you know, because you're on that track could change your, you know, course a little, but I just feel when it comes to, when you finally accept and tap into your creativity, anything is possible. So especially for, you know, people that are in advertising, like we're literally the people that create a way to sell a penny almost, you know, like we're, we're the people that can, can really make a story really hit, but in terms of connection to a product or a thing that is a part of our everyday life, you know, and why Mm -hmm. it should remain a part of our everyday life. So for me, it's like, you can do anything from that, that standpoint, because I think if you're only focused on writing, so I was going to bring up your, your novel, Mm -hmm. you know, even if you were to pick that back up, you would have such a different perspective on like, I feel it in itself because it's not, it's no longer about, is this the best novel ever? It's just, how do I get this to be a part of the mainstream you know, like, yeah. how could I, you know, finish the story, but then, you know, find a way to just enter it into the stream of consciousness of other people and let them tell me if it works. Because that's what I find most good things are. Like, they're not things that were set out to be great from the jump. They're the things that's you know, that either solve a problem or make people feel a way, you know, and, and typically that's, that's, a, that's some of the best stuff we have. Wow, now that we've got to the end of the conversation, my mind actually feels settled and I'm like, oh, let's, let's go back. Well, I'll tell you what, let's how about it, when you, uh, when you get back to, uh, Denver, let's go get some wings and, uh, we can, uh, definitely we can continue the conversation for sure. You just got to show me those the good beer spots. Uh, I found a few, but, uh, you know, it's better to get that advice from her. And, uh, I guess someone that knows the land. But um, I've got about a year on you, so I'll take a year head start. (laughs) Got a year head start. With all of his talent and real-world experience, Jordan just brings a maturity and wisdom to every creative discussion. And I hope you enjoyed hearing his thoughts and about his journey as much as I did. Jordan Bradley will finish at Denver Ad School after the winter 2022 quarter. I'm Jeff Ullery. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Ad.